It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Calgary Flames fall to the Edmonton Oilers in the NHL Heritage Classic. The Vegas Golden Knights are not having a Stanley Cup hangover and keep on winning. The Philadelphia Flyers are off to a surprisingly strong start, but can they keep it up? We've got all that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can also find us now on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked On NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Flames, Jess Belmasto. And Jess, uh, quite an event, a lot of pageantry uh, at the Heritage Classic. What were your impressions of the way the city of Edmonton put this together in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, the stadium, I'd never really seen the stadium before. So it's, um, you know, really nice to obviously take in new things. And uh, the whole setup was really nice. I thought that, um, you know, down at the rink level, everything looked um, presentable and professional and just appealing. And of course, uh, the grand entrance outfits were a pretty feel pretty on brand for Alberta and I appreciate both teams leaning into that how about the uniforms did you have a preference as to which team looked better and and so forth I promise I'm not biased here but I do think the Flames jerseys uh look a lot better uh I mean the whole the initial unveiling of them I thought that they were both very ugly, but I think the flames definitely look better when they're on and on, on the ice. It, it was the pants, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> As for the game itself, I, I mean, a couple of power play goals for the flames, but overall struggling five on five and, and, and not quite getting the job done. What, what went wrong in this game for the Calgary flames? Um, they fell behind. This is something that they have struggled with not only this year, but last season as well. They do not have the opportunity to build momentum. They will, you know, it was two to, uh, it was two nothing at one point, and then Kadri scored, and they, there was a chance to build momentum there, and they didn't because Drysaddle went and scored, and just it was, again, it was a two goal lead, and. This team really struggles playing from behind. They didn't have um, a come-from-behind win last season until March. So it, it was just in a lot of missed opportunities here. So, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a new coach. There's a new uh, adjustment period going on as a result. 
what needs to be cleaned up here to get off to a better start? Let's start with that. Um, I, I personally have no uh, rationale behind Ryan Huska's choice to put Dryden Hunt and Dylan Dubé on the first line with Elias Lindholm. Dryden Hunt is, uh, with all respect to him, but either a fourth line player or he's in your AHL for depth and he's there when you need him. Dylan Dubé has been one of the, I don't, I don't want to call him dead weight, but he's just been along for the ride in uh, the last season or so. And he hasn't really blossomed into that top six or middle six player that the flames were hoping to get out of him. And there's just no reason for him, for either of them to be on the top line when you have players like Coronado, Jonathan Huberto, um, and even Mangiapane. I just, I don't understand. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. How about Markstrom in goal? I mean, his numbers aren't terrible, but uh, they don't seem to have a lot of confidence in his backup right now. And, you know, is is the lack of confidence in the backup having an effect on Markstrom starting so many games? Um, you know, I to start, I think that Markstrom is truly the only player that is put in an ounce of effort, um, not only in the Heritage Classic, but what feels like the entire season this far. And he he's looked good. Like there have definitely been goals where it's like, oh no, we're seeing last season Jacob Markstrom, but then he'll make those Vesna candidate caliber saves and you're like, oh, like it's fine. It's like it's okay. Dan Fladar, I feel like, hasn't had a fair shot in Calgary. I don't know. Uh, well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Daryl Sutter just wrote a hot goalie. That's That was his uh, part of his legacy. And he drove Markstrom into the ground and never really gave Vladar a chance to get his footing underneath him. And when he does start, they're not good starts. And I don't know if it's because he's a poor goaltender or if it's truly just the opponent and kind of luck of the draw situation, but also the flames defense is crumbling in front of uh, goaltenders, regardless of who's out there. Five losses in a row right now. What does this team need to fix first to get back on track? Um, that's a really good question because I wish I had the answer. I think that they really need to figure out this five on five scoring situation. It's not good at all. And I feel like the further they fall behind, the harder it is going to be to dig themselves out. And I want to see the offense just get going. And I don't think Huska's attempt at this line assembling is working. And it's the end of October and I'm running out of excuses for Huska. And that's not a good sign. Do you think the team is starting to lose confidence in him or? I, I don't know if it's him because he, when he talks to the media, he is very um, poised, put together, articulate, like he will expand on anything really you ask him. And it's, it's nice for a, a change uh, really in any coach, but I think, the players are just tired of losing. And last week there was a quote from last week, they were booed off the ice at home and that wasn't enough. 
to kick them into gear. So I, I don't know what what it's going to take. Nazem Kadri, I mean, this was what his first goal of the year yeah. in in this game, and we're in game nine. What's mm-hmm. wrong with him? Why isn't he producing offensively? And and what can they do to get him on track? I think a lot of it has to do with again the line shuffling. When he is on a certain line, they don't have the puck. There, there's not a lot of um, offensive opportunities there. And tonight, really, I think hopefully is, is kind of like the the dam has burst and we're going to start seeing <coughs> uh, offensive production from him. But I really do think it's the fact that he hasn't been given the opportunity to build chemistry with any line mates. It's just if he's not moved, someone else is. And it's no, it's not working. And yet that comes back to coaching. Yeah. So I don't know what the plan is and how long this will last, but uh, they started the season last year with a few wins and then went on a seven game losing streak and were never able to recover. So kind of feels like we're right back there. Deja vu all over again in Calgary. Jess, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yes. So you can listen to Locked On Flames wherever you listen to your uh, Locked On NHL podcasts and your other favorite podcasts as well. And uh, Locked On Flames on YouTube. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. And yeah, just just trying to get by. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to find the best. Jess, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. So Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I'll tell you, the, the feature that I love best on the Game Time app is that you can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it is the place to find last-minute seats. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the co-host of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, 
Chris Golick. And Chris, can't complain about this start. Only one loss, and it came in overtime. Here is a team that is, what, 8-0-1 now on the season. What is the secret? Why doesn't this team, why aren't they going through a Stanley Cup hangover? Um, it's a veteran group. I think that's the first thing we've heard from Cassidy a lot. That was something that I asked him about in one of the practice practices last week, if there's anything different in the practice habits, if you have to do anything to keep the guys floored, he said, not really. You're not going to go up to an Alec Martinez or a Petrangelo or Mark Stone and be like, okay, you know, it's time to buckle it down. But he did acknowledge you might have to, you know, keep some of the younger guys in check. So, they don't develop poor practice habits. So I think that's the first thing, just the fact that there's a lot of guys that have been here before and the ones that hadn't been here before got here before this past June when the Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. So far, the scoring has been extremely balanced. I mean, it seems like almost everybody is contributing offensively. Talk to me about how they're getting this done. I mean, I think when Will Carrier scored his goal Saturday night against the Kings, I think that brought him up to 18 goal scorers on the team, maybe even more. I don't know what the exact number is, but um, I think the best thing right now that's happening is the third and the fourth lines are creating matchup nightmares. Uh, William Carlson, very good start. I think he's nine points in eight games or eight points in eight games right now. Uh, you have Pavel Dorofiev chipping in the last couple of games, gets a goal and got an assist, I believe, Saturday against L.A. Um, on the other side, Amadio gets a goal as well. So the third line is doing what needs to be done while they're playing good defensive minutes as well. Uh, the fourth line, talking with Will Carrier and uh, Keegan Colasar this past Thursday at practice, Wednesday or Thursday, one of the two days, um, I asked him just what are some of the characteristics that make them – why is that line so good, basically? And the biggest thing is they feel that they're very hard to play against. They pride on take pride on the fact that they don't get scored on that often. So how does that help the scoring? Well, when you have the bottom two lines contributing on both ends of the ice, again, Will Carrier uh, scores a big goal, I believe is the game tying goal Saturday against L.A., it's going to make it tougher. You know, who do you line up now against the top two lines? So that's one of the biggest things that is leading to the contributions up and down the lineup of everyone just finding ways to score goals. And then you have the one-two goaltending punch of uh, Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson, both of them with uh, very strong stats, almost identical goals against averages, high save percentages. I, I mean, these guys just seem to be egoless and they seem to be consistent. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a history together, number one. I mean, they've known each other going back to childhood, so that certainly helps. I've uh, a couple different times I've tried to playfully hit them with, hey, who's going to be the starter? How do you handle the competition? And the answers are always very professional. Um, I don't think it matters to either one of them which one is getting more starts. Um, Bruce Cassidy acknowledged in one of the games earlier in the year his wording. It's not going to be a 50-50 split. We have a plan for the goalies. Of course, he's not going to tell us. But point being is, at that time, the rotation led us to believe, and still to this day, I would say Aiden Hill is the starter of the team. But Logan Thompson is really making a case to cut a little more into the starter's side of the net. And 
like I said, it's going to be, uh, again, assuming full health, we can go a whole segment about the goalie's health in Vegas, but we're not going to do that today. Um, but assuming both goalies are fully healthy throughout the year, there's a really good chance it winds up being a 55-45 split. And there might be pockets where goalie A is playing a little better. You might get, you know, three out of four starts, you know, over a short period of time, and then it's going to flip the next month. So it doesn't matter. They're both playing well. They're pushing each other. And I think the biggest thing about those two are their practice habits. They work so hard in practice. They sell out on every single puck. And it's a show just watching the goalies at a Vegas Golden Knights practice. All right. I'm going to nitpick a little bit here. But what concerns you, if anything, after this, you know, during this hot start for this team? It hasn't been a good week. Um, Put an article out in Vegas Hockey Now about the Golden Knights, the kind of concerning factor that's happening. Um, even though they are leading the league right now. I mean, it's no team should ever sit back. And, you know, I've watched hockey for a few years, so I've seen things kind of go the other way at times. But the Golden Knights have had a hard time putting together a quality 60-minute effort, going back to when they played in Chicago uh, for, for, uh, for Connor Bedard's first home game. That was not a good game. They played well in the third period, but the first two periods, the Golden Knights really didn't show up. You got the game against Philly this past Tuesday, and the Golden Knights had a really good first eight minutes of the game, and then they no-showed really until the third period, and then Shea Theodore gets a goal with 32 seconds left to win the game. Uh, Blackhawks this past Friday, Golden Knights were great for the first eight minutes. Two-nothing lead, we're all kind of talking in the press box, it's going to be a route, and then, okay, Blackhawks get one back, fine, whatever. They get another one back take the lead and then a late tying goal. And it's like, what's happening here? This shouldn't be happening right now. Blackhawks snap the seven game winning streak. And then LA Kings get out to a two goal lead. Now the plus side, it's October the 29th right now. We're not going to overthink these games a whole lot right now, but if the Golden Knights do have a rough November, this is where we'll look back to the start of where things did get a little bit rough, not being able to string 60 minute efforts together the positive two positive sides one the gold knight schedule is super soft it's been super soft it's really going to be super soft until they have like a five game road trip sometime in november um and i had a second point coming oh and at the end of the day jack eichel his quote against the kings we find ways to win games and that's really all that matters in october i'm okay with that as the season progresses though that quote can bite you if the team doesn't improve just a little bit. Just They've got to do a whole lot, just a little bit better, and they'll be in a really good spot. So what are the keys to continuing this successful start and making it last consistently throughout the season? Um, I mean, you start with something they can't control. Injuries have have uh, been rampant. They, the Golden Knights started without three of their key defensemen start the season. Uh, now Nick Waugh is going to be out for who knows. I mean – it started as ah, Nick Wild was a little bit sore. He was walking around after the game. Don't we don't think that's going to be that big of a deal. All of a sudden, he's out two games. Zach Whitecloud was well. It's week to week for now, and we'll just kind of see how it goes. He's not coming back till January. It seems like with a hand issue. Mark Stone hasn't had injury issue yet. The goalies haven't had injury issues yet. So Shea Theodore's had a hard time staying healthy. Will Carrier uh, missed a couple games already. So I think the key is health to. St- Darts. That's obviously something you really can't control a whole lot of. As far as what the team can control, it's been a rough week for the power play. They started out pretty well, um, but then they went on, I believe, an 0 for 8 streak until their goal last night against the Kings. The 
go-ahead goal late in the third. It didn't wind up being the game-winning goal, but still an important goal that was scored. Outside of special teams and health, the key to keep things going, I think 60-minute efforts. And I was trying to go somewhere different because I just spent three minutes uh, blabbing about it a second ago, but they really need to string together these 60-minute efforts because the game's not going to get any easier. They're not going to get easier teams. Everyone wants to knock off uh, the Stanley Cup champions, and hey, you can't blame them, right? That's what you play for. Absolutely. All right, Chris, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you and your co-host on social media? <laughs> yep, uh, Locked on Vegas Golden Knights podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube, uh, I'm TD Chris G. That's like touchdown TD Chris G on Twitter. All right, Chris, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And look, October, best month on the sports calendar. You've got the World Series, the NFL, college football, NBA, and of course, the NHL. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the National Football League. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com with code NHL. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show my usual Friday co-host, <laughs> now a, a guest. It, it, it's not Friday, right? I, mean, <laughs> I know. I'm like, didn't we just talk the other day? We did. We did. Uh, Rachel Donner, the uh, co-host of Locked on Flyers. And Rachel, the Flyers surprising some people with their start. Saturday's disappointing performance notwithstanding. What have been some of the keys to the early season start for the Flyers? Yeah, I think it's been a few things. Uh, number one, I would say that, you know, again, like, let's put that game against the Ducks aside. They've been playing pretty solidly defensively for having what is on paper a weaker blue line. Um, we've also had Mark Stahl is injured and out. So, um, you know, it, it's been a bit of a jumble there on the blue line. But we're getting key contributions from Travis Sanheim. He's kind of taken over the minutes that Ivan Provorov played last season and we'll see if that's sustainable but so far he's got eight points uh you know he's got a goal and seven assists 
um, and has been playing a ton of ice time out there so far. And I, I would say that the return of Cam Atkinson and Sean Couturier has had a huge impact with Sean Couturier's playmaking and face-off ability. Cam Atkinson has been out there scoring goals, taking a ton of shots. Uh, he has got eight points so far this season as well. And of course, Travis Konechny, who's off to an incredible start offensively uh, with eight goals and three assists, so 11 points in eight games. That That is a tremendous start. But it's not even just that, because Konechny is getting penalty kill time as well. And, you know, the Flyers have scored several shorthanded goals this season. So it, it's been kind of a team effort here. Well, that's always encouraging. One One area that seems to be a little bit of a concern and you said that you have a different spin on it than than maybe it appears to be the backup goaltending and we had the backup goalie in against the ducks the save percentage was not pretty let's put it that way talk to me about the backup goaltending situation behind carter hart yeah and we've talked about this in more detail on the monday show of locked on flyers so tune into that but the, the real crux of the issue here, I think, is not the playing ability of Sam Erson. I think that Sam Erson is a real solid goaltender. He's young and he's, you know, not as experienced as as Carter Hart or as Felix Sandstrom, the third goalie on the roster. Remember that there are several teams holding on to third goalies because of the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, I think that the issue is deployment and that Carter Hart has been put in most of the game. Urson has only checked in for two games so far this season. And he's just a guy that needs to play in order to keep his skills up. And it's really not his ability as much as the usage of the goaltenders on the Flyers right now that could run into a problem uh, it, it later in the season if Carter Hart is being overused. Yeah, no, that that definitely does make sense. And, you know, that the, but the question is, will that change, do you think? Or are they going to ride Carter Hart as much as possible over the course of the season? I mean, this will be a big week to tell that for sure, because the Flyers have four games, including a back to back Friday and Saturday. So that will be the true indicator, because even with four games, you know, with having the back-to-back, -back, if Sam Erson only plays one of those two in the back-to-back -back and none of the other games, I think that'll be the indicator if they're just going to ride Carter Hart as much as they possibly can. Give me a, a player on the Flyers who isn't making a lot of headlines, may not be, you know, uh, at the top of the scoring list, but has been quietly making an important contribution to the team's early start. Um, you know, I want to say Bobby Brink, but I don't know if it's exactly quiet there because, <laughs> you know, he's getting his first real crack at the lineup for a full season here. It looks like he's going to stick around. He's got six points already and scored two goals in his in the game where he scored his first NHL goal, which was really cool to see that for him. So I think he's got a lot a lot of eyes on him. I'm going to say Igor Zamula because. As a younger defenseman, um, you know, with the Mark Stahl injury, he's been in the lineup. And when they decided to make some changes, they sent Emil Andre down to the fandoms, kept Zamula up. And he's just been quietly like building his game and learning uh, a lot and played pretty solidly 
so far. Um, and he's not going to be a defenseman that's going to put a ton of points on the board. But he's got a goal and two assists so far. That was also his first NHL goal that he scored. And he's, you know, I think going to be a real solid part of this Flyers blue line in the rebuild. Well, he he leads the team right now with a plus six. So that that certainly indicates he's doing something right. Yeah. Uh, as far as the, the rest of the season, I mean, last year we saw the Flyers get off to a solid start. Also, it kind of faded and they struggled for the rest of the year. What are the keys in your mind for this early season improvement to sustain itself for the rest of the year? Yeah, I think the key is going to be adjustments in that looking at this from a big picture perspective and say, what are the small adjustments that we have to make game to game in order to keep up the defensive structure that we want to, but not wear ourselves down too much and, you know, not swing that pendulum too widely in terms of focusing too much on goal scoring versus focusing on that Tortorella defense shot blocking. There has to be a happy medium here. And this, this year is about, uh, be, it being a learning experience for a lot of the younger guys and figuring out you know what this team is so that by the end of the season, we know who's going to be a part of it going forward and can manage the trade de- deadline appropriately. I don't know if expectations are going to be too high for a ton of wins uh, here in the long run, but I think that as long as they're making progress, they're learning things, they're learning how to adjust their systems, um, and maybe getting the power play into gear. I think that would be helpful as well, like figuring out what to do there. Um, it'll be a successful season for year one of this rebuild. And how would you grade, again, I know it's early in the season, but how would you grade John Tortorella as far as how he's handling these kids so far? Yeah, I think it's a mixed bag. I think that he's doing really well with some of the guys and some of what he's doing. Um, I do like the trust that he's put in Bobby Brink. I do like, again, I mentioned Zamula. I think that's really good. Um, He really likes this fourth line a a lot, which does some good things. And, you know, they haven't really put points on the board this season. Um, But I do think that he just has certain ways of operating and things in his head. And like, for instance, we have not seen Morgan Frost this season, uh, despite him being a solid center. And that's rotated Scott Lawton into the center position. And Scott Lawton just has not gotten on the board this season with a goal. He's got some assists, which is great, but he does so much better offensively on the wing. And Morgan Frost is sitting right there as a center that they could slot in. But I think Tortorella has been afraid to take out one of the younger kids uh, because of confidence issues. And so I just I think there's a way to go about this that he just hasn't done yet. So hopefully we'll see that moving forward. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to keep track of that and all things Flyers. Rachel, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you and your co-host on social media. Sure. We are at Locked On Flyers pretty much everywhere on social media right now. So take a look and you'll find us. And uh, I am on the app formerly known as Twitter at our Miriam. I'm that on Blue Sky as well. Uh, my co-host Russ Cohen is at Sportsology anywhere you'll look as well. All right, Rachel, thanks so much. Always a pleasure and looking forward to Friday. See you Friday. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to 
thank my guests, Jess Belmosto of Locked On Flames, Chris Golick of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, and Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers for joining me today. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday hosting the Locked On NHL podcast, and I co-host the Friday edition along with Rachel Donner. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow on the show. And really every day, Monday through Friday, we bring you the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League. So make sure you join us for that. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe and thanks for listening to and watching the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.